called Fan Into Flame. And uh, today's message title is Help. But before we get there, talk about a few other things first. If you're a guest with us today, we want to say a special welcome to you. Or maybe you're watching us for the first time online. We're glad that you're here with us. We're glad that you chose to worship with us and to uh, experience God's presence wherever you are, watching from this morning or whether you're here in this place. If you're a guest with us today, we're going to take a few moments. There's a card right behind you. We just want to be able to connect with you, and uh, if you have any questions or things about our service or about our church, we'd love to be able to answer those for you. So if you take a few moments, uh, you'll see an offering box on your way out. You can drop it right in the offering box on the way out this morning. So we want to welcome you, special welcome to you. Thank you for being here this morning. I also just want to do a, a quick letter from the Independence House. You may remember that we supported the Independence House through our Hope Restored store, which is a store that we... Put together where literally we take in donations of uh, home decor items as well as small furniture and things like that for homes. And often we redo them, clean them up, and then we sell them. All the profits go towards local organizations. So every month we support in a different organization each month. And then I'd like to read you thank you letters so that you guys hear some of the things that are being said about us. So this is from the Independence House. You may remember that this is the organization that serves people in need, specifically those that are victims of abuse, whether that be physical or sexual abuse. So Independence House does a lot of work with people who are facing that very thing. And we really believe that it's important for us as a church to help those that can't help themselves. And this is one way that we do that. So this is the letter. It says, Dear Reverend John, on behalf of the Board of Directors, staff, and clients of Independence House, we are grateful to receive your charitable grant of $630.39 on July 27th, just a few months ago. Your generosity directly helps survivors of domestic and sexual violence and their children living on Cape Cod. Your recognition of sexual and domestic violence as a serious public health issue helps us to keep on working to eventually eradicate the problem. We thank you for your commitment to being a part of the solution and are grateful for your support. Friends at Heritage Christian Church, thank you for your support and engagement, which makes, makes a significant difference for survivors. Your donation is most are you. So these are the things that we're doing. These are the things that we're supporting. Helping those that are in need. I also want to just let you know, you might have saw the announcements, maybe you didn't notice it, maybe you didn't see the text earlier this week talking about this, but a lot of us on the leadership team and the group that I meet with are reading a book called Help is Here, uh, Finding Fresh Strength and Purpose in the Power of the Holy Spirit. And that book is bought by Max Lucado. And it really spurred a lot of things in me. There's been a lot of things that God's been doing in me. And then when I heard an interview of Max Lucado, it just confirmed a lot of things that God was speaking. He was able to speak a lot of things that were in my heart that I just never could quite get out. And so I want to encourage you to, if you purchase that book, uh, you can go online at christianbooks.com and order it. I think it's $15. Uh, we also want to let you know that on Mondays at 10 a.m., right here in this room on the opposite side, here in the sanctuary, right off the side room over here. Uh, we are doing a group on Mondays at 10 a.m., going through that book and discussing it, talking about it. We're also, every other Saturday, starting a group uh, at 9 a.m. It's going to start October 29th, and then every other Saturday after that. So we're going to encourage you to maybe be a part of a group, read the book, be a part of the discussion about what God is doing, and learning more about the Holy Spirit and who He is. Because the more you know, the more you can begin to apply in your life. And so I want to encourage you to do that. I think this is important. Now, if for some reason you're unable to order that book, but you want that book, uh, write it on a connection card and, and make sure you put your name so you 
know, more order of authority. Um, so we want to be sure that we have that opportunity. And I believe that God is speaking a lot through that. Now, do you remember the song by the Beatles called Help? Remember that song? Help was their fifth studio album, and is a soundtrack to the same soundtrack to their film of the same name. Anybody ever watched the film? I was watching some fun video this week of this song in particular. Uh, it was released in August of 1965, which was a little before my time. Uh, maybe some of you remember when that came out. But you might remember there's one particular part of the song that says help, right? So I was wondering if you could help me out a little bit this morning, speaking of help. And I need you to say help when I talk to you. Because... This is how you're going to interact. This is how you're going to get involved in this message today. So here we go. Let's let's practice. So we're saying help. So when I point to you, or when I do this, you're going to go. Help. Good. That's pretty good. I want to do that again. It's so good. Help. Okay. So so let's here we go. That part's coming. Ready? <laughs> Ready? Help. I need somebody. Help. Not just anybody. Help. You know I need someone to. Help. I was wondering how that part was going Something is missing. Something is going on. 
You're missing something. It just you know you need something to help you. And this is where the first uh, disciples found themselves after the crucifixion of Jesus. They were in hiding, and they needed some. They needed some help. They didn't need help just from anybody, but they did need help, and that's exactly what Jesus promised these disciples. In John 15, 26, it says this. It says, but I will send to you an advocate. Other versions will say a helper, an advocate, a helper, the spirit of truth. He will come to you from the Father and will testify all about me. And in Luke chapter 24, 49, it says, and now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my Father promised. But stay here until the Holy Spirit comes on you, comes and fills you with power from heaven. See, Jesus promised them that help was on the way. They were weak now, but they will be made strong in the power of the Spirit. They are powerless now, but they will be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to get through life. They cried, oh. and Jesus said, stay put. Don't do anything. Stay here. Help is on the way. So for 50 days until Pentecost, they had to trust that this promise was going to be fulfilled. They didn't know when it was going to be fulfilled. But God knew. He has a perfect timeline for things like this. What would God do next? What would he do to help? They had to wait. They had to gather. They had to pray. See, we all need help. My encouragement to you this morning is if you need help, that help is on the way. And you see, as, as was promised, help came. The promise that the Holy Spirit would come upon these disciples came true. It was fulfilled. So they waited. They waited. And the Holy Spirit came just as Jesus promised. We read of this in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. It says, On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them, gave them this ability. I don't know about you, but if I could ever go back to time. I would have loved to have been there to experience and see what's being described here in the book of Acts. Think of the key descriptive terms here. The mighty windstorm. You might also other versions say mighty rushing wind. How many have ever been in some pretty high winds? Put your hair in the cave. Stand in that mighty rushing wind and you know what that wind does. It shakes the house sometimes. It can get so heavy. Flames or tongues of speaking in other languages, languages that they didn't know before. See, the Holy Spirit didn't try to sneak in the back door somehow. The Holy Spirit came down and kicked down the door and said, I'm here. So, so much so that the people around them thought that they were drunk. <laughs> they thought they were drinking. Drunken old fools. See, the promised helper came. The Holy Spirit came as prophesied by the prophet Joel. The Holy Spirit came upon all the believers who were gathered. 
It became a formative practice for those who believe. You know, Pentecost is going to be forever tied to the Old Testament Feast of Weeks. The Old Testament Feast of Weeks. This is where the Jewish people celebrated the bringing in of the last harvest. And there's a huge celebration in the Feast of Weeks. And it just so happened that this is the day that God chose to send his spirit down upon these people. Why? Because there's a tie between Pentecost and harvest. There's a tie between the Feast of Weeks and harvest. And what is that tie? The tie is the harvest. The harvest. The harvest of people who are ready to be brought in. You see, the main reason for Pentecost in both Testaments was to bring in the harvest. And Jesus said, the harvest is plenty, but the workers, the workers are few. It's not that there is no harvest. The harvest is plenty, but the workers, those willing to go out to my fields, they're, they're the ones that's lacking. And here we see that Pentecost is forever tied to harvest because the reason the Spirit came was to harvest, to empower us to be a witness to those around us. And Peter stood up after receiving the Holy Spirit, and he spoke boldly to the crowd who had gathered. He became a worker in the fields, and he brought in the harvest that day. There was another move of God that came here to the United States in 1906 and went through 1915. Many of you probably heard of this. It was led by an African-American pastor named William Seymour. And we begin with a question. A question that sometimes you may ask if you're beginning to do scripture yourself. If we read Acts, and we see the Holy Spirit falling on people, and we see people speaking in other languages, and we see the miracles taking place all throughout the book of Acts, why aren't we seeing it? And that's the question that continued to haunt them as they sought out the work of the Holy Spirit. They began to seek the Holy Spirit. They began to cry, help. And what was any of God's response was to that? It was known as the Azusa Street Revival. And all the American Pentecostal movements have roots in this outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit fell on a group of people who were gathered. They spoke in tongues. They prophesied. There were salvations. There were healings. And there were miracles that took place. It was a move of God. But with many things that start off as a move of God or in the power of the Holy Spirit, the zeal and excitement begins to fade over time. People, humans, and personality gets in the way. Is doing. The fire fades. The flame gets smaller and smaller. Now, Arizona is a very different place uh, compared to other places in the United States. When we lived there, there were, were many things when we moved there we didn't know about. Like how, how, how hot your car gets sitting in the Arizona sun. You literally get in and you are being cooked. Be careful how you grab your seatbelt because that belt on that seatbelt You'll have an imprint of that metal on your arm, on your hand, if you touch it the wrong way. It burns you. So hot. We didn't know that window shades for cars were a necessity. It wasn't like an option in Arizona. 
Another thing is that when you leave anything outside, beach towels, plastic toys, clothes, anything with color in the Arizona heat, it begins to fade. It loses its color. It has the sun beating down on it all the time. If you've ever experienced extreme heat like that, where you become dehydrated and you don't feel very well, you know that it sucks the energy right out of you when you're in that kind of heat and sun. You have no energy. And it begins to take the color from you. Us as colors, all kinds of things that fade in the Arizona heat. In the same way, we often have things in life that beat down on us, some heat of life that continually beat down on us. Heat is on, and our color, our light, our energy, our walking in the Holy Spirit begins to fade from time to time. We notice that our colors, what we're living, how we're living our life, are not quite as vibrant as they used to be because the, the problems of this world continue to beat down on us like that hot sun. We didn't mean for it to happen. Sometimes we don't even notice it. But over time, We rely more and more on ourselves and less and less on the Holy Spirit. More and more on self, less and less on the Holy Spirit. So we resort to doing things in our own power, in our own strength, in our own will, in our own understanding, and our color begins to fade. And suddenly realize, we realize that we just need some help. We need somebody. Not just anybody. See, we need the living waters of the Holy Spirit flowing through us. We remember what Jesus said, if you're tired and you're thirsty, come and drink. Rivers of living water will flow through you. And in that, he was speaking of the Holy Spirit. In John 7, 37. I can almost hear echoes of Jesus' voice speaking to his church today. Saying, don't go anywhere. Don't do anything. Stay put until I send my Spirit upon you. In other words, you cannot do this on your own. No matter how independent you are, you need some help. You need some help. See, it's so easy for us to rely on ourselves. Many of us probably have been that way. But I believe that we're living in a time where we can no longer continue to do things in our own strength and in our power. Because we're living in a time Showing us the truth, directing our path, showing us the way that we should go, speaking to us about the ministry we should be doing. I believe there are people searching for something more than what they're experiencing right now in life. See, we're coming out of a, a bit of a dry season, out of a stupor that we've all experienced over the last couple of years. This thing called we're also experiencing the after effects in our education and other things. Effects of racism, partisan politics, and angry politics. One thing is for sure is many of us are faked. We're running on empty. The color, the zeal, the energy that we used to have in our Holy Spirit, we used to go after. We need to fake I need some. 
to hear the echoes of Jesus' voice once again telling us, don't go anywhere until my spirit comes upon you. Stress, anxiety, depression is at its highest levels it has ever been. Hopelessness and despair. Help. We need somebody. Not just anybody. Where does our help come from? Jesus is saying to us, help is on the way. If you're willing to receive it. I believe we're in a season as the church that we need to rely more and more on the work of the Holy Spirit in us. Is anyone else right now? Is it just me? Have we been missing something that's really important? This is what we sense in the Apostle Paul when he's speaking to his young disciple, Timothy. He wrote it here in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 6 through 7. He says, this is why I remind you. Say remind. Remind. This is why I remind you. We need the reminders continuously. To fan into flames the spiritual gift that God gave you when I laid my hands on you. Fan into flames the spiritual gift that God gave you. See, we have all these spiritual giftings, I believe, that have faded, that are going unused. And we're missing out on all that God has. And he goes on to say, for we have, God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but a power of love and self-discipline. We need more of that. No, no more fear, courage. No more timidity or boldness. No more weakness, but power. No more hate, but love. No more chaos, but self. Paul is writing to encourage his son, Timothy. And he wants to be sure that Timothy does not fizzle out. He wants to be sure that Timothy doesn't, his fire doesn't continue to, to fade. Paul knows how easy it would be for Timothy to stop doing things in the power of the Holy Spirit and instead rely on his own strength and abilities. His own understanding. His own ability. The very fact that Paul is telling us to fan into flames tells us that there's still something there. There's still some embers burning. It had not completely gone out. You see, the Holy Spirit is present in us. The Holy Spirit is completely in you. He's not absent from you. And the moment you give your life to Christ, the Holy Spirit entered your life. Period. Everything that's in us. I have no doubt of that. But Paul is encouraging him to flan the fan the embers till it became a raging fire once again. To fan the flames so that they would burn brightly. To work in the power of the Holy Spirit instead of relying on ourselves. There's one thing I know about me is that I'm there. to do the same thing that Timothy did. To do things on my own strength, and my own abilities, and my own understanding, and my own knowledge. And I think it's human nature to fall back on relying on ourselves. Am I the only one? 
in here. Heavenly God is calling His church to get back to relying on the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is what leads us to do all truth. You see, there's a lot of false spirits out there. There's a lot of lying spirits out there. And if we're not relying on the Holy Spirit, we're going to go down the path and start beginning to follow the wrong spirit. We need the Spirit to lead and direct us, to speak to us, to use us for God's purposes. And I believe the call for the church universally personally comes from Revelation chapter 3. This is, uh, this, is the, this is John speaking to the church in Sardis. 3, 1 through 3. He says, I know all the things that you do and that you have a reputation for being alive but you are dead. Wake up! Strengthen what little remains. I mean, this is the end of this. Strengthen what little remains. even what is left is almost dead. I find that your actions do not meet the requirements of my God. Go back. To what you heard. Go back to what you heard and do that first. Hold to eternity. Repent and turn to me again and if you don't wake up, I will come to you suddenly as an unexpected thief. The call for the church today is to wake up. To go back to what you believe that get back to relying more on the power of the Holy Spirit instead of yourself. To fan the flames. To fan the embers so that they don't burn out. To begin to breathe once again. We need to fan the flames in the American church. What began as a move of the Holy Spirit often has become a move of organizations. Boxed and neatly packaged for resale. We pay the Holy Spirit either a Needed to purchase for a circus show to attend and watch. And I don't believe that was ever the intent of the Holy Spirit moving in this place. The other side of that, for those who say that the Holy Spirit miracles, that's not for today, that's for another time. Many of those pastors have just moved away from shepherding and they just want to be a CEO of an organization. So here, if you follow, this is some of the stuff I read sometimes. Follow ten easy steps, you will grow your church and you will be successful. All the while, nationwide, there's been declines like this. Let me ask you this this morning. What if the scorecard changed? See, most pastors, I'm going to be going to the pastor's retreat this week. Most pastors, when they get together, first question they ask. God's scorecard is different than my scorecard. What if God's scorecard was measured more than by his numbers on a Sunday? I want to share something with you that I the Holy Spirit spoke to me. But I was feeling kind of down or depressed about my church. For six years, has not been what I hoped. Spirit spoke to me and said, I'm not going to be 
school card makes us rich. The school card looks more like Matthew 25 when the sheep are separated from the goats in the final judgment. But what was on that school card? I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you visited me. But when did we do those things, Jesus? When the reader told pleased with you, so you sent me out. What if our scorecard reflected God's values? I think it reflected who came on Sunday, but more than that, who engaged in worship? Who heard the truth of God's word? Who began to apply it to their lives? How many were changed? How many walked out of here one way and walked out different? How many children engaged in God's word this week, this, this morning, as they learned God's word? Maria. How many people did members of this congregation feed? How many people did you visit? How many people did you pray for? How many people are showing up to pray for their needs in our church and our community? Right now, that number is about 20. We're providing for people for our hope restored story. But what if God still has more for us to do beyond that? How many people have changed their attitudes towards the church and Christ simply because we as a church are doing something unselfish and supporting our community instead of taking the proceeds and the profits and giving it back to the church? A lot of people comment on that, don't they? That's what a priest does. See, this church has given clothes to the youth here. We've given clothes to Hand in Hand. We've given clothes to homeless veterans and people who are victims of Hurricane Ian. We've given food because we support the Falcon Service Center. We've helped families in crisis and we've supported wings for Falcon families. We've helped military families and veterans through the Cape Cod Mother Care Support Foundation. And you've also brought food that was being collected by Mashpee High School. We've helped families dealing with Alzheimer's through the Alzheimer's Family Support Center. We've helped girls going through crisis and our missions giving and also our extra giving to Bloom and to the store, the proceeds that go there. And also helping those in the teens of addiction through ministry called Adult and Teen Challenge. We helped those dealing with thoughts of suicide and depression as we supported Samaritans of Cape Cod and the islands. We helped those going through a housing crisis by supporting the College Homeless Prevention we help people with various needs through another organization called Inspiration is Everywhere. We've helped refugees from Ukraine through Convoy of Hope. We've supported Convoy of Hope and we've supported Maximilian and Rockmore through on the front lines helping them. We've helped those with special needs through supporting Isaac Rocha as he began the Falmouth Road, or ran the Falmouth Road Race to raise funds for COVID. 
We help women and men in abusive situations through the Independence House. We help people with special needs and help them get jobs and have a place to belong with their care and support house and family. We help kids and teens who have been physically and sexually abused through children's clothing. And we help parents, families, and children who are dealing with the conviction of someone in their family by supporting parents supporting families. Not to mention your faithfulness and missions here. That is going on around the world to save people. That's the kind of school card I get to say. I don't know about you. But the numbers here on Sunday aren't quite the same as seeing God's hands and feet working through his people to serve the needs of our community and to serve the needs of our family. So people in our community and all over the world are crying out for help. And we are supporting organizations and giving them that help. Which school card looks more like Matthew 20? on Sunday? Not that Sunday is never pretty. Oops, I would like to see more people here. Hope you do too. And many of our larger churches are doing a lot of good work. It's not doing any of the work. But when you see our scorecard differently, you begin to realize how much of Much of this came through one small store called Hungry Store that was open three days a week for six hours in those days. Eighty dollars the entire through all these organizations. Let's bring it back for a moment. Hands and hearts. God is doing something. God is stirring something in Philip's heart. The Holy Spirit was involved in us moving forward with Restored at a time that we're coming out of the pandemic that didn't seem to make sense in the world. There's nothing pointed to that pointed to, yes, for sure, you should do this. This makes sense. None of it did. It was a huge step of faith. We have a great leadership team and board and people like Mark and Cynthia Menzies that really kind of pushed through and saw the potential of what this would do for our church. So the question I happen if we have a congregation of people that decide that they're going to be led by the Holy Spirit and not lean on their own understanding? If I would have been personal to you, what more could be done for the kingdom? What would happen if we had a congregation of people that stopped relying on their own strength and their own abilities and saw that the Holy Spirit was working through them on a daily basis? Because you know what? The Holy Spirit can do a hundred million things more than I do right now in our conversation. We're in the study. I need somebody. Not just anybody. I need someone to help me. We need the Holy Spirit. We need His help. Help is on the way through the power of the Holy Spirit working in and through us. The Holy Spirit has been sent to us so that we can help others. So that we could be empowered to be a witness for Christ in a dark world. Hand in the hands. I believe God is doing something in you and in me. Let's not just have a reputation for being alive. Let's if your color has faded, if the sun has been beating down on you, it's time to get recolored, be refilled with the Holy Spirit. Let it be so in this day.
Father, this morning we recognize our need. We don't need help just to remember. We need help to use it. We need help from your Holy Spirit to extend to us, to lead us, to direct us, to guide us into all truth, to be our advocate, to be our helper, to be our strength. To recognize that we cannot do what you call us to do on our own. We need your strength and your help. We need your Holy Spirit acting in our lives. Lord, help us fan the flames that feed us as a very extended community. We allow your Spirit to play with us. Breathe into new life. Make us new. You may be crying help today. You need somebody and you're not Begin with a recognition that you are a sinner in need of God's grace. You simply need to say, Lord, I believe you. Help me. Speak into my eyes. God sent his son Jesus Christ to die on the cross to your sin and my sin be forgiven. Give us a free gift of heaven that we receive. The cost of death. If you're at the point this morning that you would like to give your life to Jesus Christ, I'm just going to ask you to say this. Lord Jesus, please forgive my sins and make me a new man. Help me to find my help in you. I invite you into my life today. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and change me. In Jesus' name I pray. If you said that prayer and you're invited to the Shadow smartphone to download it electronically, you can find that in the news that you can find as I am. Look up the devotion called speaking to his disciples before he goes up to heaven. He says, Then he said, When I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened the scriptures, opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said, Yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the it was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all nations, beginning in Jerusalem. There is forgiveness of sins for 
all believers who are witnesses of all these things. And now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my Father has promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. Then Jesus led them to Bethany, and lifting his hands to heaven, he blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he left them and was taken to heaven. So they worshipped him, and then returned to Jerusalem filled with great joy. And they spent all their time at the temple. Morning, may our minds be continually open to understand the scriptures. May we continue to proclaim an authority to the nations. There is forgiveness of sins to all who repent. May we receive the Holy Spirit that's been promised and sent to us to give us the power and the ability to witness and to lead us into all truth. And may this truth cause us to worship Christ with great joy.